to make one other announcement. We actually have a birthday in the house. Actually, it was yesterday. Somebody special up here. And what we're going to do, what was your birthday yesterday? It was my brother's. <laughs>
salvation. We shall not be shaken. Trust in God at all times, O people. For God is ready to us. Please join me in the congregational prayer of confession. Our God, forgive us for failing to understand and accept the great demands placed upon us by your love. Reveal us in your causes, bind ourselves into intimacy. We promise to be courageous, bind ourselves to bravery. We want to be sensitive, bind ourselves to our
reading comes from Jonah 3, verses 3 through 4. Thank you. 
now is the time in which we can go to the Lord with our joy and concerns. Uh, the, the prayer 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 is open. Uh, if you want to like come forward and uh, be prayed with and, and for, you're more than welcome to do. Let us now uh, remain seated and, and join together in Lord, we pray for those who are sick or in despair. 
especially the Lord, we pray for those this day who are grieving the loss of someone close, a spouse, a child, a parent, May the hope that comes from the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ bring strength to the grieving. Lord, we raise to you those who are undergoing medical procedures this week, those who are recovering from injuries and disease. For we know that you are the great physician and that you will never abandon us in our time. And Lord, we pray for our church as we go through this time of uncertainty Guide us more by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this day, for each other, but most especially we thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and the one who taught us to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
who lived in a city called Nineveh, that God loved them very, very much and wanted them to stop doing the bad things they were doing. And instead of going, Jonah said, I'm not going to do it. And he turned around and he ran the other direction. All right? So I brought the props here to help us remember this story. So he jumps on a boat. Have you ever been on a boat? Been on a boat? All right. So they're on a boat, and he's sailing, and there is a big storm. All right? And so what he did is he went to the bottom of the boat, and he hit. So let's, let's pretend like we're jumping. All right? So let's kind of hide. All right? Right? Right. So we get it all. All right. And, 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 and as he's down there, the, the, the waves, they start coming up right. Whoa. <laughs> this is what happens when we have one too many birthdays. All right. All right. Get in your ball. Get in your ball. And what happens is the water starts to squirt in at them. Feel the water squirting at you? Yeah. That's kind of refreshing. All right. And so, oh, oh we'll get to that in just a second. So, what happens is they're going to sink. And so, Jonah tells all the other people on the boat, look, this storm is because God is mad at me. So, this is what I want you to do is I want you to throw me over the boat and the storm will stop. And the other people on the boat go, you can't, we can't throw you over the side. And some of the other people go, eh, maybe we can. And, and they toss him over the side of the boat. And what happens when you get tossed over the side of the boat? You get what? Smell this. 
we marvel at the strength of your compassion and your ability to offer forgiveness. We come to you hungry to be part of the good news you are bringing forth, for we would be part of the realm you are revealing. Amen. And since I already read the scripture out of place, I guess we'll go to the share with you uh, a little bit about the uh, arrangements for uh, Anna Hall, who passed away on Friday. The uh, visitation will be here at the church on Tuesday from 11 to 1, and then the service itself will begin at 1. And again, uh, it will be here at the church, and, uh, uh, and she was part of this church for many years, and I remember you uh, with my comment and pay respects, uh, and you uh, share your condolences with, uh, with the family. So again, that is uh, in a whole, uh, it'll be here Tuesday, uh, the service will be up on Bible. It's important to remember that when we say 
a minor prophet. We don't mean that what Jonah had to say or what any of the minor prophets had to say was any more or less important than any other prophet. It has to do with the size of the book. Right? So the minor prophets, the books are small. The major prophets, like Isaiah or Ezekiel, have big books. And Jonah, uh, according to 2 Kings 14.25, uh, came from a little town up uh, in the northern part of Israel called uh, Geth Tepper. And uh, what he was really known for was prophesying during the reign of Jeroboam II, who, uh, as my grandmother used to say, he was a crumb bomb. Not, not a good, good leader, but he did expand some of, of Israel. During this time, Israel's main uh, adversary was a nation called Assyria. And Assyria's capital was a city called Nineveh. The Assyrians would eventually conquer uh, uh, Israel, the, the, the northern kingdom of the Jews. Remember at this time, Israel had broken in half, uh, or, uh, and they had the kingdom of Israel north, the kingdom of Judah south, uh, and the kingdom of Israel, uh, the, the, the northern uh, uh, tribes would be carried away by the Assyrians. And so uh, Jonah had a lot of reasons not to like the Ninevites, not to like the people of Nineveh. And so when God calls him, and says, hey, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, because those people there have been doing things that upset me, and you need to go and tell them if they don't stop their ways, I'm going to destroy them. And Jonah took about 30 seconds to think this over and thought, you know what? I am not going to go do that. Why am I going to go save people who want to destroy me and my friends, me and my neighbors, me and my family. And so he does what I think a lot of us would do. He walked himself right down to Joppa, uh, right there on the coast of the Mediterranean, found himself a boat, and he went as far as he could away from Nineveh. He went the opposite direction to the city of Tarshish, which uh, most scholars put in southern Spain. This would have been the opposite side of the world from Nineveh, at least as Jonah saw it. But then he had a whale of an experience. <laughs> and he changed his mind. And he went to Nineveh. And Jonah preached to Nineveh. And he told them that what they were doing was wrong. What they were doing was, was, was against God's will. They were sinning against God. And that if they didn't change their ways, God was going to destroy them. And none other than the king of Nineveh himself heard Jonah's preaching and said, You know what, Jonah? You are 100% right. We accept what you're saying. And all the people of Nineveh the Bible says, turn to God and repent. And you would think Jonah would be pretty excited. 
His mission was an overwhelming success. But no, he got mad. He got super angry. He's like, <clears throat> and God says, Jonah, what's up? Why were you angry? These people, they didn't know the right hand from the left hand, but I saved them. And I used you. And Jonah goes, you don't know why I'm mad. This is why I'm mad, because I knew you would forgive them. I knew that you would love them and care for them. I just knew it. And I didn't want you to do that. And God looks at Jonah. He says, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? Now, sometimes we have trouble forgiving others. There are people in this world who we don't want to see forgiven. Let's be honest, people who have hurt us, people who have, have, have caused us pain, have caused us grief, who have caused us nothing but trouble. And the idea that these people would not only be forgiven, but prosper, well, that upsets us a little bit. Makes us So why do we have trouble forgiving others? The Bible tells us we need to forgive just as, as we have been forgiven. But it's hard for us. It's perhaps one of the hardest things it is for a Christian to do. So let's talk about that a little bit. Why do we have trouble forgiving others? Why? Part of it is that we don't really know what forgiveness now, we're talking about us forgiving others, not, not, not God's forgiveness. Okay? Talking about us forgiving others. And we sometimes think that forgiving somebody means forgetting. Forgive and forget. You hear this all the time. I know when I was a kid, my mom used to say that all the time. Forgive and forget. But that's not really what forgiveness is. Let's think about it in financial terms. If a bank forgives a loan, it means that the person no longer owes a debt to them. Right? Now, the bank still remembers that the loan existed, but the debt is no longer there, and there is no need for repayment. That, that, that need for repayment is See, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the harm done to you. And it also doesn't necessarily mean making up with the person who caused you the harm. But what it means is that you release that person from the debt they Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 14 through 15. 
For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. I mean, that's a pretty strong statement from Jesus, isn't it? You must Forgiving somebody, I really see it more as a spiritual, as a, a, a spiritual exercise. Uh, the, the the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, saw it that way as well, and he had uh, twenty two. Uh, questions that he would ask himself every day, and when the uh, early Methodist groups got together, they would ask each other. And one of the questions was this Is there anyone whom I fear, dislike, disown, <coughs> criticize, hold a resentment toward, or disregard? If so, what am I doing about it? Now, could you imagine that every single Sunday, I walked up to you as soon as you came in, and I asked you, is there anyone whom you fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold a resentment toward, or disregard? If so, what are you doing about it? Share. I mean, that's quite a buckle to think about, isn't it? It's a lot. And I like to say that there's nobody that I dislike, disown, criticize, or hold a resentment for. But I gotta tell you what, I went to Walmart yesterday. <laughs> I got some problems with some people. We all have problems with people, don't we? From family members to co workers to neighbors to people driving down the street, I swear. Where are you? Nobody knows how to drive in Columbus. Goodness gracious. What are we doing about it? Are we examining ourselves as to why we hold all of these resentments? Or why we can't forgive the way that I haven't received forgiveness? I think another reason that we have trouble forgiving as Christians or just as people in general, is that we don't really realize how not forgiving somebody actually impacts us. One definition of resentment, which is really what forms when we don't forgive somebody, we start resenting them, is that it is to refill the pain. See, resentment is like actually cutting your hand with a knife and then deciding to avenge yourself by stabbing the other hand over and over again because you don't want to forget what happened to you. I like what Carrie Fisher said, um, Princess Lady, in case you don't know. Resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And it's true. It's true. A story about a gentleman who I knew quite well. Uh, he was in his mid-60s, just retired. Uh, his wife was very sick. Uh, she had a uh, transplant and some other uh, health issues. 
This gentleman's mother had lived with them their entire married life. And they'd been married 40 years, or almost 40 years at this point. And grandma and the wife never really got along. They coexisted for 40 years, but they didn't really get along. And as the wife got sicker and sicker, the arguments between the wife and the mom got more and more, until finally mom decided she was going to move out and move in with another sibling. And on her way out the door, she said, you are a fool for marrying that woman. I told you that 40 years ago. She ruined your life. I hope you burn in you know where. And he had a few choice words for mom as she walked out the door, and that was literally the last time he saw his mother. Now, grandma there was uh, probably in her early 80s, um, and sometimes, you know, maybe you need to realize that, you know, there were a little bit of grace there. Uh, sometimes people say things they don't necessarily mean, but he was not that kind of person. And he said, you know what? Fine, I don't need her. A couple of years later, his one daughter was just trying to figure out what happened to grandma because they hadn't heard anything and found her obituary. His sister never even called him holding that on And he lived the rest of his life haunted by the fact that the last thing he said to his mom was not very nice and he never forgave her. Sometimes not forgiving and having anger towards another does more damage to us than it ever does to that person. Because this ate this man up. It did. Until his dying day, he regretted it. No idea if his mom even gave a second thought about it. Not forgiving another can bring anger and bitterness our lives. And it can even taint new relationships that we have. Because we can become so wrapped up in the wrong that was done to us in the past that we can't enjoy the present. I had somebody tell me this once about being angry at somebody who's done something to you or you know being in an argument with somebody. And it was this. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? And, and this holds true when you're married, and, uh, especially when you're married, uh, you know, and, and, and you're, you're, I see some of you going, oh, no. You know, um, you know, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Sometimes we have to let things go. Instead of always wanting to be right, always wanting to win, always wanting to be on We also sometimes don't want to lose our chance of retribution. Romans 12, 19 says this. It says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. 
sometimes we give in to this whole idea of revenge. A number of years ago,
It is what we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ. And it will make our lives so much better. Because it's amazing, when we do what Jesus asks us to do, life just goes better, doesn't it? Amen? Amen. Okay. And that includes forgiving those who have us. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for those who have hurt us, those who we have resentments against. And, and we ask that we would take away those resentments that we have towards them. Many times we have legitimate issues with another. We've been legitimately hurt. Help us to forgive. To wipe out that debt that is owed to us so that we may get on with living. For we know that life is far too short filled with resentments. We thank you, Lord, for forgiving us when we don't deserve it. By sending your Son, Jesus, to live among us, to show us how to live, to die for our sins, and to rise again to give us hope of everlasting life. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for all that you do. It is in the name of our Lord and Messiah that we pray.
changing world. Remember this. God alone is our rock and our salvation. The risen Christ is calling each of us to share the good news of the realm of God. And friends, the realm of God is near. And we are on the way. Amen. Amen.